If you want to start a podcast, Spotify's got the platform that lets you make one smoothly, then distributes it everywhere, giving you the ability to even earn money all in one place, and it's called Spotify for Podcasters. They even let you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today, and best of all, it's totally free with zero catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, uploading, scheduling, and sharing on the road has been extremely easy. So if you've been thinking about starting one, give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com podcasters to get started. We always can improve, really, is at the end of the day what we have to look at. There's the biggest room is the room for improvement and we hold so much grace and compassion for those moments and hence why you're doing this is to bring more awareness but i also can't keep quiet that there's a fucking amazing love hormone that went <laughs> cursing through my body when i gave birth hello everybody thank you for joining us today at connected through spirit uh, one of the reasons i actually chose this title was to give a platform to all the faces, all the stories, all the experiences, mm. after all the travels and people that you meet, I think there's a lot of conversations that go on behind closed doors um, that need to be heard mm. and need to be shared beyond our one-on-one -on -one conversations, beyond our communities, um, and be able to reach people from all over the globe and thank you God for these platforms and being able to have these tools to get those words out mm. so without further ado mm. makes me very happy to have Louisa Crane mm. with us today hello oh my gosh I'm feeling so giddy like a little child <laughs> Louisa is a beautiful mother of three daughters she is passionate about hydration she's an entrepreneur um, her story is very interesting. She was raised in Taiwan. And the reason for our, our conversation today is that she is a wonderful labor doula. Mm -hmm. She's been trusted by a lot of women, a lot of first-time mothers. And a few weeks ago, we were talking about this story that happened, um, this experience that she had with this woman. And it brought to light a lot more things uh, to the surface for me that I was already aware of. But this time, I had heard it with more graphic details and and putting myself in that situation mm. and feeling for that mother and you know <clears throat> a lot of the things that we don't learn about growing up mm. um, it's only until we get there until we're in the hospital bed and we're going through all the surgeries and all the trauma um, where we where we get to see firsthand what that could be like um, so I think for me it's most important to like I said, share these conversations mm. so that a lot of people have a more open mind, open heart to change these ways and to go back to how it used to be. Mm. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so much. Being a labor doula, I feel like is such old medicine because mm. before there wasn't a title doula mm. and doula actually means in Greek supporter of women. And we all were doulas. Like back in the day when we lived all in one house, there weren't like bedrooms, you know? There wasn't like, oh, you're having a baby, you're going into that bedroom. People were in huts and big teepees and everybody was part of the birth experience. And I feel like that's why there wasn't fear because everybody, when you were two, three years old, you were watching your grandma give birth, your aunt give birth, your mom give birth, your sister give birth. 
And it was so natural. Even these stories of women giving birth in rice fields, like in Asia, they squat, have the baby, and then they go right back to work and someone takes the baby home. Like, can you imagine? And here it's become so, so different. So I love that you're um, highlighting this topic because it's an ancient practice that if we bring back, we will be resetting all of humanity because from the beginning there will be conscious sacred births. Mm. So it's really beautiful work. Mm. So I'm really curious if you would be open to share just like your life growing up and and how that tied into where you are now how did you find yourself wanting to do that yeah great question so i actually grew up in taiwan really conservative very religious home my dad's a pastor and missionary so his dream was always to start communities brazilian communities in asia because he'd been to Asia and he saw a lot of Brazilian communities, but not a lot of spiritual support. So from beginning, I always was raised in a home of people serving other people, giving of their time, being willing to be at church all weekend long to serve, bring people together, have big meals. I feel despite having some things in my childhood that I didn't love, the more religious side, I always saw service and I always saw giving of not just money, but time, your body, your emotions, your energy to help other people experience some kind of transformation. Mm. Um, So that was really a great foundation that I had, but I didn't really even think about doula work until I had a baby. My first baby, I was really grateful to have sisters and friends that encouraged me towards natural childbirth Mm. and that I was able to do it. Most importantly, I think that was partly my age. I became a mom at 24. My body was fit. I was healthy. I was in such a great space. Um, in my partnership too and I was able to have a natural birth but after I gave birth I was like okay that was beautiful and I'm grateful my partner was so present but I really missed a feminine touch I really missed someone looking in my eyes and saying I know what you're feeling right now I know this feels impossible I've been through it you can do it too Mm -hmm. and also just knowing the specific parts of the body you've never experienced this type of intense sensation than when you're in labor the way your hips are opening your pelvic bone is opening your bones literally soften when you're labor so that the head can travel through a lot of people say this head won't fit everybody's head fits through because our bones soften when we're in labor and so these little things that you don't know about until you experience it's kind of like talking to a marathon runner and he's like oh no those socks the worst I know Nike says they're great (laughs) but I ran a marathon they're not that type of advice that inside scoop Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a big missing piece for me. Mm. These little moments that I wanted a woman to hold me because my mom, unfortunately, wasn't a presence that I wanted for a natural birth. Um, I found that piece missing. And that week when I was pondering these different things, I Googled who supports women in labor. Literally, that's what I Googled. It was almost like I opened a door that I had no idea how simple those few words Mm. would lead me down a path that week there was a doula workshop in my city I signed up and three months later I was certified as a doula so it was really meant to be it was out of my own lack um desire or lack curiosity um wanting more for the next birth I knew I wanted another baby soon and my experience was good I wanted great I wanted excellent I wanted more so the process of becoming a doula is actually so much more simple than a lot of people think. They think it's 
a lot because we are doing a lot, but at the same time, it's a gift that was never taught to our ancestors. And so with a little bit of community and some education, any woman can be a doula. I chose to go through DONA, which is doulas of North America, but there's lots and lots of good ones. I chose DONA because it's recognized internationally. So if I were to fight Australia or Brazil, someone wants me as a doula, I can tap into that, which I really enjoyed. But there's so many different, if you, especially if you were looking for something niche, you know, very niche, there's doula certifications for every type of person and personality and perspective. Um, But I chose DONA and what it consists of is one week of intense schooling. So it's like nine in the morning until seven at night, you're in workshops all day with the same instructor with a group of sisters. And so you're learning together, you're sharing all your meals together, you're practicing on each other, you're each other's dummies, for lack of a better word, I don't like the word dummies, sisters, whatever, (laughs) each other's friends to practice on, and you get really intimate, and you form really tight bonds, and at the end of the week, you go home, you have to do a 10-page paper, every year, Dona changes the question, the question I got is, what does birth mean to you? So I had to write that. And then I also had to read um, specific books that they said. I think it was seven or eight books. They were all really enjoyable. Honestly, the reading was one of my favorite parts because it was different midwives, different doulas, different perspectives. And I learned a lot. My journals from when I was getting certified as a doula are so thick. Mm. I was just writing, writing, writing so many things. And I referenced back to those notes a lot when I was starting my doula work. Mm -hmm. And then you have to attend three volunteer births. So finding three friends. One can be a CC section to have to be vaginal um and then they're going to fill out a little questionnaire like how did you do what was their experience it's a specific form from your doula certification you put all that in a packet the certification from the workshop the three births the books your paper and then in about two or three months they will send you a certification back wow yeah and it was about five hundred dollars so really affordable for a skill that does pay well Mm -hmm. um does require a lot of energy and time being on call but it's a gift that whether I ever tap back into the business aspect of it I'm so grateful because the tools are for a lifetime Mm -hmm. and how special that God gave me three daughters hopefully many granddaughters and I hope to be the doula at all of them so yes (laughs) if they'll have me (laughs) which I'm sure they will (laughs) well I (laughs) so Luisa and I went to Guatemala how long ago was that two years ago now it was in October, so two years and something. I remember at the time, I, I was having a lot of, like, back aches. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one night where we were all in the room, and I was just like, oh, I'm in so much pain. And I'm, like, breathing through it, stretching, doing mm. all my hip things. And you just come over, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to work my doula stuff on you. And I was like... Thank you, God. I've always just wanted to experience it. And it was delicious. Mm. It really was. It really was. And that's what mamas need to feel, you know, to flow, move, be touched, be comforted, scream, all the freedom. Mm. And without that freedom, it's really impossible to birth a baby, like, in a sacred, wholesome way. And that's, I think, something that so many women don't think about when they're thinking for partnerships Mm. in dating. Like how will this man be in labor with me? And what are his views on labor? I have sisters that it hurts my heart. They're like, I'm dying to have a home birth and I never asked my partner before we got married or before we had kids and he's 150% against it and I'm forced to a hospital birth because I 
even conscious sisters of mine, they're like, okay, I'm for everything, but we're not having a baby alone in the house. Like, no, we're going to see a doctor. You know, I draw the line here. I'm here for the hippy dippy voodoo, but not when it comes to my child. And you're really put in an interesting situation. I've seen it happen more than one time. So it's such a valid question. Like, what are your views on parenting? What are your views on giving birth? Would you be open to a home birth? Would you be open to a birthing center? Ultimately, it is the woman's choice. And if it were me, I'm like, bye. <laughs> For real. But there's a lot of women that won't. And I'm so grateful that I had a partner that was so present um there's a class called the bradley method Mm -hmm. and it is for specific couples that want to birth together Mm -hmm. so they not only teach mom but they teach dad his roles what he can do that's actually helpful what's being helpful is not bringing mom flowers in labor like that's (laughs) sweet but a lot of men show up at the hospital room with flowers and i'm like your woman doesn't need that right now you know Mm -hmm. she needs so much more from you mm-hmm. seeing a dad check out and watch a football game or a soccer game or go grab a beer downstairs while mom's in labor is heartbreaking because I was given so much more in my partnership even the touch of the dad increases oxytocin to the body increasing oxytocin to the body means labor happens quicker wow. nobody wants a, sh- a long labor everybody wants a quick labor and a simple scratching of the nails along the arm across mom's chest stimulating her nipples kissing her neck rubbing her feet oh my god all of that <laughs> all of that makes contractions that... come faster and faster baby would pop right out. It, how the baby was made is the best way to get baby out and that's what i tell wow. every family like you're overdue go have a lot of sex let the man play with your nipples the nipples are connected to the uterus like you stimulate a mama's nipples, she's going to be popping out that baby real quick. That but people so don't want to do that. They're like, what? No. And that's where the home wow. birth really allows so much freedom. There's couples that have sex in labor, early labor, before mom's waters have broken. You can have intercourse. You can have a lot of pleasure. You can have a lot of connection. You can have tantric yoga. All those things really accelerate um, labor. Ugh. I've had moms go hide in the hospital bathroom. I'm like, just go play with your nipples for five minutes in there. Don't, I'm closing the door. No one's coming in. I don't care if you got to put porn on at this point. Just do something (laughs) to play with your nipples. I'm sending the man in there if you don't do it yourself. And she comes out and she's like, wow, that really worked. The contractions are intensifying. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Even orgasmic birth. Oh my gosh. People have orgasmic births. I just, I have heard of that. Mm -hmm. I have heard of that. But to be honest, like I hadn't really connected, you know, I knew how important it was for the man to be there and to support and to Mm -hmm. rub, you know, because I had felt it also from you and I love physical touch. I love intimacy. I love that for my partner. So like that or just thinking about it turns me on, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're just like, yes, please more. Um, but I hadn't connected that mm-hmm. to the actual moment of giving birth. How beautiful of an initiation mm. that is yeah. for both roles yeah. and knowing that this is like the last time before mm-hmm. your baby's actually mm-hmm. out. Yeah. It's just so special to yeah. me. Like it, it mm-hmm. like is so exciting. Yeah. You know? And the sperm, it softens the cervix. So that's why early labor sex is so beautiful because the sperm was created with more of an acidic base so it can soften mom's cervix to welcome baby. So everything is perfect, just like the throat's connected to the vagina, the sperm's connected to the cervix, the nipples are connected to the uterus. We are one, and labor shows that because without the man and the woman, there isn't even that baby to start with. So Mm. it really is a team effort. 
and yeah, even the voice, I've heard couples chanting together during labor and you mm. want to cry watching the experience because they're like, he's guiding her through chants and as she's opening her throat, her vagina is literally opening. So wow. it's, I'm like, why a hospital birth again? <laughs> like, there's so much more to be explored. Mm. It's kind of like someone saying, I want to go to Disney World for the rest of my life. And I'm like, why? There's Greece, there's Bali, there's Thailand, there's... Not Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) Even Costa Rica, Brazil, Mexico. Come on, you know. I love that analogy. Now, my question to you, my experience of thinking about it in the last few years has shifted a lot, Mm. right? Of just like having that natural fear of giving birth. Mm. But then after finding community and after having a lot more people in my inner circle that I trusted Mm. kind of releasing that fear right it's kind of like the fear of Mm -hmm. dying Mm -hmm. my fear of dying has over time became less and less because I feel more whole Mm -hmm. with myself Mm -hmm. and so I'm not afraid to release that Mm. same thing with having a child and so I find myself anticipating it now. Yes. That's, that's exactly what every doula wants <laughs> to hear. <laughs> what a dream. But, you know, definitely some fear still comes up. But my biggest thing, though, because I trust and have faith that I will be supported when it comes. But so many women don't even know that exists. Mm. In a, medical, in a medical intervention. Yes. Yeah. In a medical standpoint, how have births shifted now to how things used to be? Mm. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, there wasn't there wasn't planning. There, I think women didn't even know sometimes they were pregnant because breastfeeding is a natural form of birth control for a lot of women. So, you know, they didn't have calendars. They didn't have journals. They didn't have... It was almost like, I'm pregnant, and in a few months, I know I'm going to have baby, and then I'm having another baby. That's why they had such large families. And when we started interfering and calculating and measuring and comparing, that's really when we started going astray and wanting to also speed up the process because women were given all the space to birth, all the space to even have their moon cycles. There used to be tents where women used to go just to bleed and be supported and the men took care of everything. And we Mm. were seen as our highest when we were bleeding because that meant we were fertile and fertility was everything. That's what kept civilizations going. And now we've flipped it all the way around to now we're going to compare, now we're going to measure, now we're going to calculate, now we're going to say when the womb is going to birth, not the womb is going to lead the way. And that's when we really started going astray, when we started bringing rulers and measuring and honestly men, (laughs) men to tell women how to give birth. Mm. That to me is really, that's if you see in the 1940s when births started moving to hospitals, it was in the 1940s, -hmm. it was all men, men telling women how to give birth. The women were quieted. And how can a man teach a woman how to give birth? No wonder we're lost. No wonder we've gotten to where we've gotten today because it always was Mm. women supporting women Mm -hmm. for birth. Mm. Yeah. And don't get us wrong, men. We appreciate you (laughs) and we see you and we love Mm. our kings. But, you know, I'm pretty sure the, the person that invented, like, pads and tampons were also men men. (laughs) i remember reading about and bras everything birth control men bras men tampons men birth like giving birth let's take a step back it's a it's honestly a conversation that a lot of people don't want to have 
the conversation of birth control. And we don't have to get like super into it, but you know, in my experience, I was probably on birth control like three, three different medications because mm. each of them kept making me throw up. Mm. And at the time, I was working at Chick-fil-A, <laughs> smelling chicken all day. Oh, yummy. <laughs> not. But just not at all because yeah. all I wanted to do was yak. Mm. And I was like, this is the last time I'm ever taking this shit. Mm. And honestly, looking back, I realized like, Throughout a lot of my life, whenever something felt like gross or, or it just didn't resonate in my body and it made me feel uncomfortable, I always let it go, mm. which thank you, God, for that awareness. Intuition. Mm-hmm. And, and just, like, not wanting to be uncomfortable, right, yeah. if I didn't have to be. Exactly. So what I wanted to touch on was I've learned so much now in the last year knowing how to track my cycle, mm. when out of the months I can mm. actually get pregnant because (laughs) we think all day (laughs) we think that it's like every day of the month like that's what i used to think i really didn't know that it was just you know a little window each month and and so being able to have that awareness and like get off these medications and these prescriptions and these things like birth control that are just honestly disturbing our bodies and they're like throwing us off yeah birth control is an interesting topic because even the word and we say it so nonchalantly it's birth control they're literally trying to control when and how we give birth Mm -hmm. and it goes so much deeper and i feel like this is a topic even in itself for a podcast episode but Mm -hmm. what women don't realize is that your moon cycle and your hormones are your fertility and your abundance in every way so if you are for years blocking fertility blocking abundance blocking all those different things Mm -hmm. at some point you're going to realize that you were self-sabotaging without sounding too harsh Mm. because you were blocking the very your very essence And instead of blocking it, you can be micro aware and take royal responsibility for something that is the most potent thing that is possible, creating a life. Mm. So there's so many natural ways you can get a little calendar and literally chart. We only can get pregnant 72 hours out of the entire month. Our body temperature rises one to two degrees. So you can take your body temperature every morning and write in a journal, okay, 98, 98, 98, 100. 100 98 98 90 oh there was my ovulation that's when i was ovulating because when we ovulate our body temperature goes up the muscle warms up to release an egg and so that in itself is how i didn't get pregnant i was married for 10 years and i only had three pregnancies and all three were decided and to think how much unprotected sex i had in 10 years to only have three pregnancies and we're all by choice is that there's obviously ways that we can keep ourselves safe and protect ourselves. There's foods you can eat. There's different herbs you can use. And again, just the calculator, the ca- or temp- thermometer is mm. a really, really, really great tool if you do it consistently in the same time. Can't do it at night and then in the day and then four o'clock and then two o'clock. But I used to wake up in the morning. There's a thermometer by my bed. I would take my temperature, write it down. And that was how I started my day every day for 10 years. Oh my and I God. knew exactly when I was ovulating and I knew exactly when to say, yes, we can do this fully or I need to protect myself right now because in this moment, I don't want to be a mother. Wow. Yeah. Such an easy, <laughs> easy. Our body literally tells us and we just are unaware. We're mm. just unaware. And we were talking earlier about the birthing cycles all of this knowledge was passed down 
But at some point, the women stopped telling these gems to the next generation because they were listening to other outside influences. Mm. Media, news, OBs, hospitals, doctors, magazines, journals all started bragging about a way that you could have painless birth. And it was sold in such a way that it was like, I'm not going to listen to grandma anymore. And I don't really want to give birth in this house. I want to go have a luxurious hospital painless experience with an OB. So the way they sold it numbed the stories of our grandmothers. For some reason, that's been something that's been attacked. And honestly, after hearing like some of the stories that you've told, you I mean, you were raw out of this story um, when we last saw each other. Yeah. And... To be completely honest, it, it, it felt like a horror movie. It was. It made me feel like I was experiencing it. Yeah. We've taken man out of the birthing suite and put mom's hands into the doctors or the nurses. And there's a lot of amazing doctors and a lot of amazing nurses, but OBs in specific, they're surgeons. They spend most of their schooling learning how to do surgery in case there is a C-section. And mm-hmm. it takes a lot of schooling for that. So, And it's sad, like... Yeah, I think it's actually worse in other countries. Like, Brazil's C-section rate is super high because women want to get a tummy tuck right after their C-section or they want to fix their boobs right after. I know it's very similar in a lot of Central American countries. I think the best place to birth is still Europe. It always has been. Like, Europe really protects the mom and really Mm. encourages breastfeeding. Like, Netherlands gives women a year off so that they can breastfeed. How amazing. Wow. How amazing. You know, like the, the things that are offered in other countries often is better, to be honest. Mm. So how would you say, you know, now being able to see from both sides, you've mm. seen that at home, you've mm. seen that connection, and yeah. then you've also seen the trauma yeah. with the white lights and the white walls. We have to be honest and yeah. like point it out, you yeah. know, and it's like, what's your experience been like to to experience both sides of the spectrum there. Yeah, they're they're extremely polarizing, and I think that's why it's so shocking. You know, it's so shocking, especially experiencing my own home home births um, is really shocking. The hospital birth that I recently witnessed was, to me, you put it best, like a horror show. You know, mom had zero options, and a hospital birth is very, very predictable in my opinion, where a home birth is total free flow mm-hmm. and you never really know what's going to happen in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. To me, it's an exciting surprise. A hospital birth, I know they're going to strap mom to the bed. They're only going to offer her ice chips. Mom can't even drink water. Like you're going in through the hardest thing you've ever done, like marathon, like to push a baby and you're not even allowed to drink water just in case you have to have surgery. They don't want you throwing up. They don't want food in your stomach. It's easier on the surgeon if your belly's empty. Mm. So mom is laboring. She's strapped to the bed. They have the monitor on the baby constantly. So you're hearing the baby in the back, his heart just going, going, or her heart going constantly. The beepings. You can't turn the lights off because they have to come in and monitor mom. People are coming in and out the door. There's sometimes as a doula, we get mom fully relaxed and zen. Here comes everyone, opens all the doors, bam, lights, everything. And it's just, there's no moment to really ground or rest or even find some bliss or peace. Mm -hmm. You have no control of your environment. And so for me, that's one thing that's really shocking for a hospital birth where mom has no say. 
and it's the most important day of her life so mm-hmm. that's when you're giving up so much control you also give up your power and without power it's almost impossible to give birth giving birth is hard and um, it takes all of you it takes full presence and the numbing the interferences the medications that make baby's heart rate or makes uh, the contraction slow down or even like during the pushing for me that was really the hardest part during the pushing they would take their hand and push on the top of mom's belly to try to force baby down Mm -hmm. and they were yanking putting the hand in the vagina and trying to yank the head down or use her fingers to spread you know mom more so baby can come faster and I just watched them treat something that I think is so sacred, our yoni, like it was nothing. Like it was their 50th yoni that they saw that day. You know, there wasn't that intimate perspective. Mm. And when baby was born, mom was so numb. And most births, they're so numb that they don't get the full experience. There's a beautiful hormone. It's actually a love hormone that is released when mom sees baby. And it only happens between mom and baby. And animals have it too. It's called imprinting. And we imprint on our babies. And if you don't have that full, if you're not fully sober, that hormone is not released because the mm. the epidural, the Pitocin, all the different medications blocks it. Mm. So for me, that is the biggest tragedy. And I'm not saying that someone who's had a C-section or an epidural does not love their baby. They love them dearly. Mothers love their babies. But that specific hormone that's experienced, you see it in mom's eyes. You see the way that they mother after. You see their protection over that baby. You see their heart spill open. You see how their posture changes when that hormone is released. It's nature's way of initiating you into motherhood. Mm -hmm. And without that initiation, you see the disconnect. You see the unawareness. You see the willing to make other poor choices for their baby. And it's hard. Sometimes we have these conversations and it can be triggering for a mother that is like, so I don't have the love hormone or I don't make good choices. We always can improve, really, is at the end of the day what we have to look at. There's The biggest room is the room for improvement. And we hold so much grace and compassion for those moments. And hence why you're doing this is to bring more awareness. But I also can't keep quiet that there's a fucking amazing love hormone that went <laughs> cursing through my body when I gave birth you know I can't keep quiet about that either because it changed my life three times and I know that I mother differently because I was initiated with those hormones wow wow yeah it is an initiation it's a it's a ceremony like giving birth and hearing all these stories of friends of mine that have free birth and and how long and psychedelic even Mm -hmm. It, it felt for them versus just like being on a timestamp yeah. and a number in a yeah. hospital. I mean, there's just a huge difference in that and the things that, I mean, just, you know, just by doing mushrooms, you, you know, <laughs> you have an incredible experience. I couldn't yes. imagine feeling a high from that life mm-hmm. and, and giving birth mm-hmm. to another life. Like that is... You for beyond. You wish you could trap it in a box, and that's why some women have so many babies. Mm. They're like, "How did that woman have ten home births if birthing is so hard?" It's that moment. The moment you look into those eyes that you made, and you see the combination of someone you love more than anything, and all of a sudden you do love them even more than them. Like (laughs) someone just trumped that love Mm. because it's a combination of both loves. There's nothing like it, and it should be sober, and it should be slow, and it should be patient. And it should be on the timeline of the womb. The womb knows what to do. It's the strongest muscle inside of a woman. 
it has a very specific way to open and every woman's is different because every muscle is different your arm doesn't look like my arm therefore your womb does not look like my womb so how can i put you on the same timeline as my womb mm. my womb is probably longer mm-hmm. you know it's definitely more stretched out you've never had a baby yours is the size of an orange mine is probably the size of a little melon right now you know so <laughs> <laughs> it's true crazy i can't about. expect then you and i go into the hospital at the same time and they expect your orange womb to work like my melon womb and it's mm. i think the way that we birth is such a like way shower of yeah. how we are living now compared yeah. to how we used to live yeah. the presence the the different timing honoring our different cycles honoring mm. the the steps in everybody's life is different based yeah. on the experiences based on the beliefs the feelings the thoughts everything our lineage our ancestors exactly yeah and i feel like it's just such a good analogy to carry on because it, it it represents the same thing yeah it's nature we look at nature and we don't see tr- two trees that are the same but we expect two humans to be so the same we expect people to be so similar to us to think exactly the same and it's just not possible mm. so it's like nature really teaches us everything even when you see animals give birth they go and find a quiet dark space where they can be alone and they can feel secure and they take their time it's not this big announcement even that like hospital births they feel this need i gotta let the whole family know that i'm in labor you know or i gotta let facebook know it's like you don't gotta let anyone know you need to go find a quiet space with your loved ones where you feel safe and give birth (laughs) the world can wait even if it's a month you know i always announce my babies like a few days after it was so nice to have that baby moon we're so focused on the honeymoon what about the baby moon (laughs) the baby moon is everything and it's a it's a moment in time you're never going to get back i always tell moms don't do anything but look at your baby literally don't do anything and nurse and sleep and drink water because it's a moment in time i wish that i could go back i would do anything to go back and see delilah sophie and bella on their first day born on earth that they (laughs) chose they chose me they chose me they chose the day they chose the time i would do anything to go back to those days because everything to put them to their breast for the first time change the first diaper put the first little dress on Ah, it's everything it's everything (laughs) (laughs) it's everything it shouldn't be a hospital little bonnet thing with a a crappy diaper and it should be your love and your your chest and your home and your partner and your food and your water and your energy it should be it should be Mm. i have to feed this so hard right now (laughs) You chose a, tar- a hard rely, topic. Rely on Luisa to give you baby fever. That's mm. for sure. <laughs> They're worth the fever. <laughs> yes. They're worth the fever. Every child is special, but you can see the difference, especially today, in babies that are born in a wholesome space, that are unvaxxed, that have not been poked and prodded. The birth that I attended, I told you, honestly, one of the most traumatic parts was when baby was crowning and just a little bit of the head was out. They took Johnson and Johnson shampoo and started scrubbing the head before baby was getting his first shampoo and he wasn't even born. And I said, why are you doing that? And they said, we want to clean any bacteria off of baby so he doesn't infect mom. And I'm like, baby has been inside mom this whole time. And not to mention, you're you're the one putting chemicals on an open wound. Yeah. And on this crown chakra, I'm shocked. Crown right now. chakra, right here. 
and I'm thinking what you're really doing is disconnecting mom from baby and disconnecting God from source. That's what you're really doing with Johnson and Johnson, yellow neon soap. Wow. And it's so hard to watch. It's so, and mom is knocked out. So she doesn't get to advocate for her son. And that is our Just, main role to advocate and protect these souls. Yeah. That is our main role. It's yeah. not even to love them. That comes naturally. Mm. Our role as mothers is to advocate and protect our children at all costs. Mm. Again, look at nature. Try to come near a cub. <laughs> She's not going to be like, oh, I love you. She's going to be like, <laughs> watch nature. That's how we should be walking with our children. Advocating, and protecting, and speaking up. Roaring. <laughs> needless to say, now more than ever, I believe, yeah. too. You know, obviously, there's always been things that have needed our voice and needed to be protected from, but... I didn't question anything either until I became a mother. I just didn't. Mm. And that's why I honor you so much, like, for your age to be as aware of what's happening like is insane because i didn't question anything I mean, maybe little things you know tiny things but full societal humanity <laughs> global like birthing changes that type of like like total shift from one way of life to a whole other awakening didn't happen until i became a mom and more people need to question things and I think questioning is always seen as a rebellious thing, but a questioning is a curious researching thing, too, yeah. you know? Mm. And even, this is a little off topic, but when I had Bella, I got fired from so many pediatricians because I would ask, but what is in that vaccine? Mm. And what happens when you mix aluminum with mercury? Have you guys tested that? No. <laughs> but you're putting it in my child's blood? Wow. You never tested these two chemicals together? What if it explodes? I don't know. Like, it's just like, yeah, you're like, I don't know anything about it. What if it explodes? <laughs> it's like, nobody Ooh. knows. And the questioning was so frowned upon mm -hmm. because it's seen as rebellious, but it's not rebellious. It's our right to question and to get curious and research. And the question, what else is possible is so healthy. Mm. Yeah. Especially in birthing and mothering. What else is possible? Because then you give yourself permission to mother the way you want because you actually went to the bottom to figure it out. Mm. And how you say, thank you, by the way, for that, how you say a lot of people don't question things, you know, probably up until you have a baby because you have something else worth protecting, right? I think if you allow yourself to be open to it, no matter who you are, how old you are, a child can teach you of anything. Course, of course. And I think being around so many children mm. with, you know, without even trying for it to happen, it just sort of like happened for me. Yeah. Being around so many kids has just already put me in this mother bear role yeah. to protect these other children that aren't my children yet. Yeah. In, in that, finding a voice to, yeah. to protect and to speak up and to question. I'm sure you've been a mom a million times <laughs> to have so many souls gravitate towards you. You've obviously... Mm. And I think that even that awareness, a lot of women aren't even willing to go that deep to be like, I've done this before. I can do this. Mm -hmm. Tap back into that energy from another cycle, another time. You've already done this. Give yourself more confidence than you're giving yourself because it's hard. It, anyone that tells you birthing is easy peasy, there's, yes, some women that have orgasmic births. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky bitches. Um, I had very tough, hard, painful births. And it was everything. I would do it all again. Every inch of everything that I witnessed, I would do it again. 
And that's the difference in saying this is pain with a purpose versus I'm going to numb it so that it can come quicker. But then you missed all the lesson. The lesson was the labor. You know, the wow. lesson was the labor. You skipped the whole lesson. That's why you don't know how to mother. Mm-hmm. You skipped class. You skipped class. You missed out on realizing how strong you are. And therefore, when your child's screaming and you're like, I don't know what to do. It's like, no, I do know what to do. Come back. I was so strong when I birthed you. I was Mm. so centered when I birthed you. You and I worked on this together as a team. Mm. We're going to work on this together as a team. Mm. I am strong. I am centered. I didn't skip the class and I'm here for it. You forget I birthed you, child. (laughs) Wow. You know, so it's that's why it's there. We just go from student to mastery, student to mastery. That is motherhood student where you feel like you're failing i don't know what you're doing you master it then the next lesson comes with another child or another experience again life life (laughs) (laughs) exactly student and mastery that's it Mm. there's no good or bad no labeling there's no that wasn't good for me that was good for me no you were a student in there and now you're master that's why it feels easy and good now you're being back to being a student it feels shitty and hard you know and the back and forth what would you say to any woman that's pregnant right now and for what's to come in her life? Oof. I honestly would, what we literally were just talking about, to not be fearful of asking what else is possible. I think there's a lot of moms that in their heart, they feel this little tug, they feel this little pull because they have done it before most of us have been here before so I feel like they feel that little pull but they don't give it enough time to sit with that those little pulls and I realize that I often make choices that are not in my highest as a mom when I don't take time to listen to all those little promptings we are very intuitive as mothers towards our children but we don't take time to sit and I notice that I also act Towards my children in my highest when I am sitting and listening to those little tugs that come sometimes so briefly like a little wink from heaven or a little flutter of a butterfly or a little tiny feeling mm. that if we sit will grow and as it grows so will our surety in those choices there's a lot of choices that happen when you're pregnant I never made more choices for myself until I got pregnant <laughs> where are you going to give birth? What kind of diaper are you going to use? What kind of is it going to be cotton or not cotton? Is it going to be a square crib? Is it going to be a round crib? Are you going to breastfeed? Is it bottle? Is it long nipple, little nipple? It's so many choices. And I feel like women are often so bombarded. What are they going to buy and what to take to the hospital versus where are you going to give birth first? Mm. Where is that home space? If it is a hospital, do you have a doula who's familiar with that? Do you have a midwife? There's so many midwives that give birth at ho- that work in hospitals and women aren't even aware. Mm. They think their only option is an OB. So check out all options, even if it doesn't feel like something you're going to want to do. I chose to have a natural birth at six months pregnant. The first six months, I was like, whatever happens, happens. If it's a C-section, it doesn't matter. I'm, full, I'm cool with it. I was a C-section. So really those inner promptings, those little butterflies, those little heaven winks, those little messages, those little synchronicities that you think are so small is often your baby communicating to you and often your higher self communicating with you. Check out all the options, see what is possible. Be curious, do your research, ask the hard questions. Mm -hmm. Again, open mouth, open vagina. If your mouth isn't open for 10 months, don't expect it to open when it's time to give birth for you to advocate for yourself. 
<laughs> so open your mouth the whole time. Speak what feels good. Don't don't hold back. This is the most important moment of your life and your child's life. There won't be another one. It's not their senior graduation. It's not their prom. It's not their first birthday. It's this. This is their initiation to this earth. How do you want to create that initiation? Get creative, get strong, set boundaries, get curious, do your research and trust yourself. Really, the baby chose you. The baby looked down on the planet and said, who is going to teach me the lessons I need? Who is going to guide me? Who is going to protect me? Who is going to be the face that I want to look at when I'm scared? Who's the person's hand that I want to hold when I'm journeying through new paths? Who do I want to go on adventures on? (laughs) Who do I want to cook my meals? Like, who do I want? And I think women forget that. You were chosen. So many women struggle. I'm never chosen. I'm never picked. I'm single. I'm not good enough. Are you kidding me? A soul looked from the cosmos and the ethers and chose you. You were the most fit. Your womb, your heart, your words, even how you speak, the home you're going to create, they chose you. Honor that knowing so deeply and don't hesitate to act on your behalf, your baby's behalf. And when you strengthen that muscle through your pregnancy, you can advocate for yourself during labor and beyond. Mm. So. (laughs) Oh, thank you for that. What a wonderful, powerful message. Mm powerful message to all the mothers and all the mothers to be where can we reach you (laughs) if we want to get a hold of Louisa Instagram is great Um, it's at Louisa Crane 23 L-U-I-S-A C-R-A-N-E 23 wonderful and uh, are you available to book as a doula or um, any available courses on your behalf that so I'm currently really working towards getting certified to certify other doulas I'm not so much on call right now i'm making some specific i actually just got hired to be a doula for home birth happening in the fall but it's because it's for a good friend it's a sister who lives close by it has to really work with my flow just because as a single mom i can't be on call so much Mm -hmm. so it has to be really be in alignment with some understanding of my life Mm -hmm. um but looking forward to very soon certifying other women to be doulas that's really my next big thing so Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be there with us first class. Definitely (laughs) will. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, you're gonna be an amazing doula. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your voice, sharing your wisdom and your experience and taking time out of your day to to be with us today. Oh my gosh, thank you. It's an honor. I love you so much. Mm, Love you. And thank you guys for being here on another episode of Connected Through Spirit. 